Welcome to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In this program, we want to encourage you in your Christian faith by showing how scientific evidence supports the Bible, particularly the Genesis account. The book of Genesis lays the foundation for all matters addressed in the rest of the Bible. The nature of God, His sovereignty in creation, man's purpose, sin, marriage, family, and why we need a Savior are all introduced and explained in Genesis. When we see that the first and most foundational book of the Bible can be trusted in all matters, including science, it builds confidence in the rest of the inspired Word all the way to Revelation. I'm Frank Sherwin, zoologist and research associate with the Institute for Creation Research. Join me for today's show of Science, Scripture, and Salvation. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well, said the psalmist in Psalm 139. When creation scientists study any one of the 11 systems of the human body, such as the respiratory system, digestive, circulatory, immune, excretory, or skeletal system, we cannot help but give glory to the one who put it all together. The human body clearly looks like it was designed, so how do evolutionists know it wasn't designed? Take, for example, the central organ of our circulatory system, the four-chambered heart. It beats at least 2.8 billion times during the average lifespan, resting between beats. During this time, it pumps 600,000 tons of blood through 60,000 miles of blood vessels. The muscle that makes up our heart is totally unique. If skeletal, that is, voluntary muscle, tried to do what the heart does day out and day in, it would be useless within minutes. Each year, over a million Americans experience a heart attack. This sad number could be cut in half if we would just watch our diet not smoke, and exercise regularly. Our nervous system, that includes our brain, is amazing in its sophistication and complexity. Here's a question for you. False or true, we use only 10% of our brain. Well, the answer is false, according to research done by Dr. Eric Chudler, a research associate at the Department of Bioengineering at the University of Washington. A creation scientists agree, of course. We use all of the brain that God has given us. Neuroscience has gathered much interesting data throughout the decades, but is still clueless as to how the mind emerges from the brain. In fact, our designed three-pound brain is the most complex and least understood biological structure in the known universe. The Creator designed man with 100 billion neurons, or brain cells. The brain takes up about 2% of our body, but uses 18 to 20% of our energy. One ancient Roman philosopher thought the brain was a type of cooling device for the blood. The total number of synapses, that is, connections, between our 100 billion neurons is about 240 trillion. The outer portion of the brain is called the cerebral cortex, and is about four stacked dimes in thickness. The cerebral cortex contains, among other things, motor areas and sensory areas, which receive information from the body's sense organs. With all this clear evidence of design, the secular scientists, teachers, and professors still insist the nervous system evolved through chance and time, 
that no creator was needed. However, in 2009, an Oxford University press text on animal evolution stated, quote, surprisingly little is known about the evolutionary origin of the central nervous system. Three years later, scientists at the University of Pittsburgh said, and I quote, there is no evolutionary record of nervous systems. Then in 2014, Nature magazine said, the origins of neural systems remain unresolved. And a year later, Science magazine said, modern-looking brains made a startlingly early appearance, end quote. Of course, there's no way even a single nerve cell could evolve. There's just too much sophistication and complexity, leading one evolutionist to say in 2012, and I quote, the study of nervous system function often includes as much philosophy as it does science, end quote. Three years later, a group of evolutionists said, and I quote, there is a clear need for new methods to study the brain, which is a complex and generally misunderstood dynamic system, end quote. Most of us at one time of our life have probably experienced a broken bone. God has designed the adult with 206 bones, the smallest of which is found in the ear. The strongest and the longest bone is the thigh bone, or femur, and it's hollow. Not surprisingly, the skeleton of men and women have critical design differences, including the critical shape of the pelvis. Your bone is stronger than granite. A block of bone half the size of a computer mouse can support nine tons. That's four times the capacity of concrete. In the adult, the marrow of flat bones makes about two and a half to three million red blood cells every second, which means your spleen and your liver must absorb the same number of worn out red blood cells every second. Now it's time for a short break. I'll return with some final words on this topic in a moment. From sharks to butterflies, bats to orangutans, we can't help but marvel at the stunning and amusing creatures God has made. If you and your kids enjoy learning about animals, then you'll love our book, Guide to Animals, with its beautiful full-color images and fascinating facts. Published by the Institute for Creation Research, Guide to Animals provides answers to many popular questions about the animal kingdom. How do chameleons change colors? How do jellyfish live without a brain? And what happened to the dinosaurs and other extinct animals? Guide to Animals shows how everything that can slither, crawl, soar, or swim displays the handiwork of God. Order your copy of Guide to Animals from the Institute for Creation Research by calling 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. That's 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. Welcome back to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. What about our amazingly designed teeth? Are they the product of gradual, unguided evolution? <laughs> Absolutely not. We can say without hesitation that teeth have always been teeth, the first time that we find them in the fossil record. Evolutionist Peter Ungar said in 2010, and I quote, The details of when where, why, and how teeth first appeared still elude consensus, end quote. 
But aren't our wisdom teeth having to be removed, evidence for evolution? Wisdom tooth removal has nothing to do with evolution and everything to do with diet. Processed and refined foods in modern societies have resulted in our reduced use of wisdom teeth. When refined foods are constantly eaten, there is no stimulus for robust jaw development and erupting wisdom teeth become crowded. Failure of the wisdom teeth to erupt in a normal position results in many cases of a developmental cyst around the crown of the tooth, and then problems result. But this isn't evolution. This has nothing to do with evolution, and as I mentioned, everything to do with diet. Well, that brings us to another structure that evolutionists teach as being useless, our appendix. But in August of 2009, LiveScience.com said, and I quote, If Darwin had been aware of the species that have an appendix attached to a large cecum, and if he had had known about the widespread nature of the appendix, he probably would not have thought of the appendix as a vestige of evolution, end quote. And Dr. Salatin stated in his University Anatomy text, and I quote, the appendix is densely populated with lymphocytes. And I might mention lymphocytes are what we call white blood cells. And he said, is a significant source of immune cells, end quote. Well, hair has always been hair as God created it. Mammalian hair was retrieved from a 100-million-year-old lump of amber, according to evolutionary-dated techniques. Shanta Barely of New Scientist magazine said in May of 2010 regarding this ancient hair, and I quote, It turns out that the pattern is identical to that found on modern mammalian hair. Rows of overlapping scales stacked on top of each other in an orderly fashion with each row roughly 2 to 8 micrometers high, end quote. Creation scientists see no evidence of hair evolution. Hair has always been hair the first time that we find it. Well, perhaps the most amazing structure in our body is the eye, which anatomists now say is really just an extension of the brain. Evolutionists shrug off its obvious design features by saying that at least a half billion years ago, the eye slowly evolved from a small, light-sensitive spot, probably from an ancient, simple worm. But this is hardly a good scientific explanation because even a photosensitive eye spot that they speak about needs a sophisticated cascade of specially designed biological molecules. The creationist asks, how did these very specific molecules come about? Well, evolutionists have no answer. So where did the first eye come from? What was its origin? One evolutionist said in 2012, quote, The first eye probably had appeared well before the Cambrian, that is, on the lowest rock layers found in the so-called geologic column. But, he continues, we cannot be certain of that because of an inadequate fossil record, end quote. Returning to human vision, we find that there are over 10 million cone and rod cells in the retina, that's a little sheet of tissue that's about a half millimeter thin that coats the back of the inside of our eye. They're closely packed together with a density of 200,000 per square millimeter in the sensitive fovea centralis of the retina itself.
Each of these minute photoreceptor cells is vastly more complex than our most sophisticated computer. And it takes 10 billion calculations to occur every second in the retina before the image even gets to the brain proper. We stand back in awe and wonder and praise at our Creator who can create such a high degree of sophistication, not only when it comes to our eye, but every single system of our human body. It was divinely created. It did not evolve by time and chance. Thank you for joining us on Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. That's all the time we have for our program today, but we would love to connect with you through our website at icr.org. For over 45 years, ICR has equipped believers with evidence of the Bible's accuracy and authority by showing how science supports the Genesis creation account. Our scientists research the evidence for creation and communicate their findings through books, articles, DVD series, and conferences. Please visit our website at icr.org for more information about the latest scientific discoveries, to subscribe to our free magazine and devotional, and to locate our next creation conference at a venue near you. All of this and more at icr.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to Science, Scripture, and Salvation on iTunes. Also, do us a favor and rate and review the show so that more listeners can find us. Thanks for listening, and God bless.